Views and opinions expressed on Tuesday Takeover are not representative of KZLX LP Maryville or Northwest Missouri State University. What is going on, Maryville? Uh, you are listening to Tuesday Takeover right here KZLX. on KZLX. As the UPD ride is. Safe ride is playing as it automatically does. And hold on, we'll let this play real quick. 10 p.m. to 3 a.m. Not available on Sundays or Mondays. To schedule a ride, call 660-562-1245. That number again is 660-562-1245. One, two, four, five. All right. As UPD right here on Northwest Missouri State University, Austin McNaughton, Tucker Quinn, Logan Weber out sick today. Uh, yeah, you hate no, to see here's, it. Here's the real question, though. Is this man legitimately sick or is he sick <clears throat> from a 21st birthday weekend? Well, he did turn <laughs> 21 this past week. So, uh, but the thing is that he went home to celebrate with his parents. And uh, I just, I don't, I don't see him. You know, getting sick on the uh, whole 21st so birthday weekend. So you're calling weekend, but... Moped Not Starting Bluff? Or... No, I'm calling actually sick. You okay, know? I th- okay. I think he's got some... Uh... I mean, I have no reason to not believe the man, but I mean... I mean, we do. I mean, I could he, see a moped... before. <laughs> Many times. The moped but... didn't start this morning, you know, out in the cold. Mm. Um, but <clears throat> Tucker and I, we have a lot to talk about in the world of college basketball, as we always do. Here for the next couple hours, four to six every Tuesday. And for the first hour, we'll go ahead and recap kind of what happened in the three conferences that we've been covering pretty intensely. This, I mean, really, truly, this season has been nuts. When you look at the Big Ten, you have a four-team race, five-team race all season long. The Big 12, three, four-team race all season long. And then, surprisingly, the SEC is the same way. It's the same four, three-team race the whole season long, and we've been lucky enough to cover these teams. And today we're going to get to answer some questions about each of these teams as we're coming down. This is it. We're coming down to the final regular season games. It's March. It's March, baby. Here we go. It's March. Let's go. (laughs) Exactly. And so coming up on Senior Day, uh, for most teams this weekend. And then the conference tournament starts. And as we all know, Division Two conference tournament is this week. Go Bearcats on – but we're not biased on the uh, Absolutely not. I mean, why would we be? I mean, no. here at Northwest Missouri State, we're just no Bearcat favoritism whatsoever here as we sit in our green-painted studio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness, this is the best time of the year if you're a basketball fan of any level. And so starting here with the Big 12 and what has been a four-team race, now it's really been narrowed down to a three-team race between the three ranked teams in the Big 12. Number eight, Texas Tech this week. Um, They were out of the top ten. They were number 11 last week. They jumped into the top ten at number eight. Kansas moved up from 15th to 13th, and Kansas State moved back from 16th 
to 18th. So first we'll start with the Texas Tech Red Raiders. And really last week, it looked like they were kind of coming off of a high against what was such an impressive win over Kansas. And they struggle against Oklahoma State, only winning 84-80 to in overtime in a game where <laughs> Lindy Waters went off for the Cowboys. He hit four straight threes in order to come back and win or, or and tie it, just even send it into overtime. And then Texas Tech was able to pull it out. And then and that was on Wednesday. And then on Saturday, and what showed me that I think, and I'll ask you, I think this is the best team in the Big 12 right now because they go on and defeat TCU on the road, I might add, in a pretty intense crowd, 81-66. to um, And then last night, they have another impressive performance at home set on senior night for the Red Raiders, 70-51 to over their rival Longhorn team, in-state rival, and... So, for me, I think this Texas Tech team is honestly, right now, they look like the best team in the Big 12. I agree, but here's the thing is that when, and this is something that differentiates the Big 12 from the Big 10, is that the Big 10 is so deep and so many teams from top to bottom can beat each other. I just don't see this happening in the Big 12, and I think that separation there from the top three teams with Kansas, K-State, Texas Tech, I think they've just separated themselves so much from that conference. I mean, you, you, I mean, yeah, you've seen Kansas go on the road to, you know, TCU, take the Horn Frogs into overtime and barely skate out of Fort Worth with a victory. But, um, you know, all and season. And they played incredible ever since. Absolutely. But, you know, all season, Fort Worth well, has, been a, has, been a, has been a trap game for a lot of yeah. the top tier yep. Big 12 teams. But, um, and then to go off of that, I think Texas Tech, and like you said, they are the hottest team. They might be the hottest team in all of Division One college basketball right now. I'm, I'm really, literally, and I think they have separated themselves so much from even Kansas and Kansas State. You know, starting with that huge thirty-point victory over Kansas. You know, so yeah, they, at home, they, they I just, come off and won what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine, nine? straight games. Nine straight games. Heading, heading into Hilton Magic and, and Iowa State. But that, the, that, you know, that would be interesting. And the thing that makes this really interesting, and we'll bring it up when we discuss Kansas State as well, is this team uh, is scoring. And that's what makes them honestly, them and Virginia, that's what makes them honestly, I think, some of the two best teams in the entire nation. Because you know you're not going to score against them. Because they're just too fundamentally sound. They got these athletic beasts uh, on their team that they're going to get steals. They're going to get out in transition. You're not going to get an easy bucket ever. And then if they're able to hit shots like they have been, I mean, you look at their last nine. 81, 78, 86, 91, 84, 81, 70. How do you beat this team? And then look at the numbers they're only allowing. Last night, 51, 66, uh, 62, 61, 50, 54, 50. Their margin of victory in these last nine games is just absurd. So how can you beat a team like this when you know you're not going to be able to score against them, but right now with the way they're playing on offense, you can't stop them either? The thing is you're going to have to hope they have an off game. And that's going to be the problem is that with Texas Tech, and inevitably it happens. You yeah. know, when we get in the tournament, you're going to have that tournament game where it's going to happen, where you see, you know, a – 
such a fundamentally sound team go into a game on a you know a neutral floor site and they're I mean they're going to struggle. It happens. Um, and that's what you're going to hope for as an opponent of Texas Tech at this point in time because the momentum that they have carrying into March is absolutely ridiculous. And so, you know, if you can get Jarrett Culver, you can get David Moretti to, you know, get flustered enough to where they're, you start to brick shots rather than, you know, see them fall like normal, I don't know. I, I think it could be interesting. So then they always – you always, whenever you're picking your tournament brackets, which are just right right around the corner, typically like these teams like Virginia and Texas Tech and all these defensive minded teams, they don't do well in the tournament because they can't hit shots. But you look at Virginia and Texas Tech this year. I are they both Final Four teams? Because look at I mean Virginia looks like. I think we can all agree that the we best team in the said, nation. We would have said Virginia was a Final Four team last year when they got the one seed. It's just the craziness. But don't you think this Virginia team now is better it's than last year? It's very possible. Their resume is fantastic. And they're scoring this year, which was the problem last year is that they couldn't score consistently. But this year, I mean, you look at their last seven games here, 79, 73, 81, 64, 69. I mean, and their, they're crypt, scoring. their crypt tonight has been Duke, and that is it. Literally, that is it in the ACC for Virginia. And so, do you think Virginia is going to win that conference? I think it's very possible. Well, I want to look at that co- those conference standings with, real quick with the la- with the lack of <laughs> Zion Williamson to Duke. And I know our buddy and fellow co-host Logan Weber does not agree with this. <laughs> he has no chance. He's not in the room right now. But no chance it, to defend himself. It, it, I just I don't think that Duke can carry this out, can ride this out without. Zion Williamson, I think that opens the door tremendously for Duke, Virginia. Duke is, let's give the ACC conference, Virginia is up a half game on North Carolina, and Duke is a one and a half games back from Virginia. Yep. So Virginia's in the driver's seat They're right the now. They're the front runner. And if you look at their remaining game, they play Louisville at home. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to lose. Well, and that's the thing, though, is that Louisville has caused some problems for that's true. big teams this year, too. That's true. And that was a pro Zion Williamson Duke team when they Duke came back from that massive 25-point deficit in the second half to come back and win that game. But, I mean, Louisville's not something to overlook either. So then let's stick with the theme of defensive-minded teams, and that's where Kansas State gets thrown into it, and then we'll move back to Kansas. So Kansas State, they fell to Kansas in the fog, expected, um, in round two of the Sunflower Showdown. They defeated Baylor um, on Saturday, 66-60, and then they had another quick turnaround for another big Monday game um, where they traveled to Fort Worth, as we just talked about, a potential trap game. It's been difficult to play there all year long for these Big 12 teams. Um and they defeated TCU last night. So I'll ask you this. We talked about Texas Tech. We talked about Virginia. We're talking about Kansas State. All three of these teams are amazing just defensively. You can't score on them. They're always going to be there, always going to be getting balls, getting fast break opportunities. But the difference, I think, between Texas Tech and Kansas State is Tech and Kansas State can or Tech and Virginia are these elite scores that we've seen recently, and Kansas State... They lack in that department. They do. And the way they win ball games is that they hold their opponents to less than they score. And I, that sounds very redundant, but literally, Kansas State, the way they win ball games is to outscore their opponents by holding them to you know a little amount. Because, yeah, you look at their last few games here, I mean... 
66-60 against Baylor. Last night they win 60 to 64-52 over TCU. They've only had one game in the last 10 that they have scored 80 points, and that was Oklahoma State. So, so then when you look at their bracket, this is a v- also, I mean, really, you want to talk, just say it blunt as it is. This team is just senior-driven. Absolutely. So you look at it, that plays a factor into the tournament, but the problem with their scoring, how far can they make it in March? That's the question, Can they make though. another run into an Elite Eight? I, I don't know. I, I don't want to be biased here, and so that's why I want to get your opinion first because, really, it's a good question when you look at the two, three defensive teams we talk about. Check Virginia. I think they're both Final Four teams with the way they've been playing recently. But Kansas State, I don't know. In my opinion, and this is solely off what I've seen Kansas State do for much of the year, they can beat anybody and they can also t- lose to anybody. Yeah. And that's, it's just going to be all on them in the, in the, the tournament bracket because it's going to be up to Joe Lenardi to place them where he sees them fit, right? Which we're going to talk about that at the end yeah. of the show. And then, <laughs> you know... Then you're talking about senior Stay leadership. For that. It's, it's going to be the you know the seven inches between the ears is going to be Kansas State's biggest you know could be their biggest advantage and could be their biggest disadvantage because if they play K State basketball, they've shown all year that there's not many teams that can compete with that because they're gonna they're gonna hold them to very little points. But you've seen also Kansas State, and I'm going to bring up that Texas A&M game. Yep. There's no reason Kansas State should gone into that and lost that. You're right. But they did because they got flustered, they got, you know, out of sync and they couldn't get it back and you know, and that's going to be the factor. I really I really think so. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting especially where they're placed uh bracketology wise, but I think that's what sets apart Virginia and Texas Tech right now over Kansas State. And then we look at the final team in the Big 12, Kansas we just mentioned coming off of a win against their uh, rival in Kansas State, and then narrowly escaping Stillwater, winning seventy two sixty seven in a game. They were down seven with two minutes to go. They come back, get the win miraculously. Does a win like that, if you're a Kansas fan, does a win like that, does it scare you because you still struggle on the road? They're three and seven on the road. This season, does it scare you to say, "Gosh, we still struggle on the road," or do you feel happy about it that you're like, "We came down from seven and we're able to get a win on the road"? Although this on, is the worst Big Twelve on the team road in, in the conference. It's the worst Big Twelve team in the conference. That would absolutely scare so it me. Scares you. Absolutely scare me if I'm a Kansas fan because that's not happening. Down two was seven minutes, or down seven was two minutes ago in March. During the NCAA tournament, when everybody's got everything to lose, it's not happening, and that's that's the thing that scares me. Is that that just proves how young Kansas is too? I mean, they are not playing with this senior leadership that Kansas State has. They don't have a senior, right? And that we were talking about that they have senior night, and they're not they can't honor anybody unless LeGerald Vic miraculously shows up out of nowhere, right? Which that's not going to happen. And so, if I'm a Kansas fan, this is very uncharted territory. And this is very, you know, this is very scary to me because you always see Kansas as that juggernaut in the big, you know, Big Twelve heading into NCAA tournament. And I mean, 
you 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 have that feeling that Kansas can make a run every single year, and I'm not I'm not feeling it this year. But why is it? Uh... Why can't this team play well on the road? I mean, is it, is it because of the senior? Because I mean, the Devin or Dedrick Lawson, he has experience playing. It's not like these are all just freshmen who have never touched. Their, a majority of them are yes, and plus, this is a coach and Bill Self Hall of Famer. That's why it's so surprising when you look at Kansas and you're like, man, they have not been in this position before. And their resume on the road has been atrocious too. And that's the thing is that they're not so losing. They're not losing on the road to good teams. They are <laughs> losing to their one. You know, Kentucky, the, Texas, Texas Tech is the outlier there, and Kentucky, and they Kentucky. Lost, but then yeah. they got Texas. They got an unranked Iowa State team. They got a West Ari- Virginia unranked. Arizona State team. They got a West Virginia. That's I mean, their worst loss. I mean, far. you know, it's also crazy when looking at how close this Big 12 race is. So Texas Tech and Kansas State are tied. Kansas is a one and a half game back, and that could solely be, be, be because of that West Virginia game. That's crazy to me to think about that Kansas blew a lead to the worst team in the Big 12 on the road. <laughs> they were tied they were tied at the end of the first half, and they got outscored in the second half to West Virginia. They had a lead. They blew it. That's crazy to think about. That that could be the reason Are, that keeps Kansas from winning 15 straight. It's it's ridiculous because, I mean, give credit to Huggins and his team for getting a win against Kansas because he has had a tough year. Boy, it's been a tough year oh, for the Mountaineers. But, tough year for the Mountaineers. But it's just – You're right. It's it's crazy. It's I mean, it's, it, it's mind-boggling to think that a, this Huggins ball club – that is at the bottom is the doormat of the Big Twelve is going to separate Kansas from winning that fifteen straight conference regular conference championships. It's it's ridiculous, and it's going to be really interesting to see because Texas Tech plays, and we'll talk about this next hour. Texas Tech plays Iowa State before KU plays Baylor, so the Big Twelve might already KU might already be out by the time they play their game. And so if they go into that game, what are they thinking? I mean, what, how much, how hype are the fans? There's no senior to really get behind. You, you could potentially already have lost your 15 straight. That'll be interesting to see and on so Saturday. Here's the question then, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Where does Bill Self have his team's mindset if they go into that game? Because this is the most crucial, even without the 15 straight regular season championships. I mean, that's, that's cool and all. Or tonight even. Th- they it, play- absolutely. But that's, that's, that's great. You know, 15 straight, that's you know, monumental. But say that's out of the picture. Does Bill Self have his team's mindsets ready to go heading into the tournament? After, after dropping a decade and a half yeah. of... Of wins because honestly, if you're if you're a freshman on that team, you come into this program with all of this history. You're 14 straight. The crowd expects it at this point. I mean, there, there's some uh, young KU fans out there that have never seen them not win. I mean, think about that. They've never seen them not win the Big 12. And so, if you're a freshman. And then you have to carry that burden of saying, man, we're the team that blew it? That's tough, It man. is tough. And That's th- tough. Those same freshmen, those talented freshmen are seeing a lot of minutes during this. It's not like they're, oh, fre- yeah. it's not like they're freshmen sitting under the, you know, sitting they're under. They're Devin playing. Dotson is playing. Absolutely. <laughs> and they're having to live with. Quentin Grimes is playing. Dropping this streak. So, I mean, yeah, I, know. I don't know. 
So now we look into the Big Ten, which is just as crazy, believe it or not. I actually believe it because it's, we've been talking about it all season long here on the X. And you look at Michigan. So last week they defeat Nebraska and Maryland in a close one. Really killed Nebraska. But uh, defeated Maryland in a close one. And we look at – let's just look at the conference standings right out the gate here. Purdue – Half-game lead over Michigan and a full-game lead over Michigan State. And we all know, coming up on Saturday, those teams in the Spartans and Wolverines rematch against each other. But – and Michigan State got the first one um, of those of those matchups. So with Michigan, they need help. They need help now. They're, they're not in control of their own destiny. Um, Brazdikas has been playing great. Um, he carried Michigan, really, um, to a 69-62 win over Maryland. He scored 21 points. Um, Teske had 11-10, and 10 and they really pulled away from Maryland, who was 17th at the time, 69-62. They clinched a double bye in the conference tournament for Michigan. So how much of an impact is that to really have that double bye? Because a lot of people don't really know that about the Big Ten conference tournament is if you get that seed, it really helps rest your players, not only for the conference tournament, but for the big dance in the next week. The thing I think about, though, is that what's scary to me about the double bye is that throughout much it, of Big Ten play Do you let your guard here, down a little bit? Well, that too, but the Big Ten for much of the year has been solely based on momentum. If we can get momentum, we can beat anybody. Yeah. And so you have it to, it's like a play in game for the tournament before you meet that first round. So you're thinking, well, yeah, we got the double bye, but we got this team coming in on a neutral floor that's won two games in a row, you know, arguably, and they're going to have some momentum on our backs. And I, I don't know. I don't know how, you know, how advantageous that is to have this year. And really, Michigan State's most like recent games here, the most recent six games here, they lose to Penn State. They serve, They dominate Maryland. Uh, they narrowly win against Minnesota. They lose at home to Michigan State. They kill Nebraska. They narrowly win on the road at Maryland. So really, is this the best team in the Big Ten? It's just crazy to think that this, this double bye – because I think is, everyone at the, the, is separated by one game. You have three teams. <laughs> no, you have three teams. So amazing Purdue. We've, we've been lucky enough to cover these conferences where in the Big 12, it's a one-and-a-half game lead. In the Big 10, it's a half game lead. In the SEC, it's like basically a three-way tie. Yep. And you have three teams at the top of the Big 10. you got Michigan State, Michigan, Purdue. Michigan's half game back. Michigan State's. One and you know just one full game back. So yeah. I mean, and then you got the thing is is you got Michigan, Michigan State that play in a week. It's just I mean I don't know I don't <laughs> it's I don't know who's going to come down with it. And and then we look at Purdue who leads the conference right now. They're the third rank. They're not the highest ranked team, similar to the Big Twelve. Um, and they have been playing great, winning their last five games, or w- really, yeah, winning their last five games. Penn State, Indiana, Nebraska, Illinois, Ohio State. Yeah, not great teams, but the way that they've been playing recently, I mean, their last, let's see, hold on, let me count this here. Five, six, seven, eight, 12. Uh, they have only lost once to Maryland. 
um, in their last, I think, 12 games here. That's pretty. That's pretty. Pretty extensive. What you like to see <laughs> if you're a Purdue fan is that the remaining conference schedule does not include Michigan State or Michigan. Like you know, likewise the others because they Minnesota, have Minnesota and Minnesota and Northwestern, both away games. So what's the what's the overall difference between these, Mister Big Ten expert? What is the <laughs> overall difference between these top three teams, Purdue, Michigan State, and Michigan? What all separates them from each other? I don't think really much of anything. That's the crazy thing. Because the thing that separates them and the reason why you have a half-game lead and a full-game lead over Michigan and Michigan State, if you're Purdue, is the bottom-tier teams they have lost to during the regular season. It's not been those head-to-head. It's not been which of these juggernauts is better than the other. It's that Purdue started out pretty... They started out rough. Michigan, lost to Virginia Tech, lost to Florida State, lost to Michigan, lost to Texas and Notre Dame. Yep. And, and then they've only lost twice since. Michigan State went on a three-game losing streak to Purdue, Indiana, Illinois. So, I mean, it's not these – I, I, don't, I don't think much separates them at all, to be honest with you. Yeah, man, because looking at those bottom-tier teams, Penn State beat Michigan, Indiana beat, <laughs> Indiana beat Michigan State twice. Yes. So it's just – it's unreal top to bottom. I don't think this – Is this, this the deepest conference this is season? is the deepest conference in all of college basketball. Yeah, just for that reason. Yeah, because any yeah, and, and last year the Big Twelve, this year the Big Ten. I mean, it's unreal. And then we look at Michigan State. They uh, let's see, they had one game. They lost Indiana again by one. Why? Why does Indiana have their number? Why is why? What's with the Hoosiers being able to beat the Spartans? Luck of the draw, I guess. I really don't know. Just pure. You know like, what happened. I think it's very hard to win in Bloomington, whatever team you are. I think Indiana, yeah, Indiana's basketball arena is so. I mean, their crowd, their crowds are fantastic, but their their arena is just so dead. It's just mm. you don't have this. You know the 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 fans. In the fans are what ten feet off the sidelines. I mean, you see a Duke North Carolina game where you got Carolina. Is fans. it the best atmosphere in the Big Ten? Or is that Michigan State? Uh I I mean both both arguments can be made. I think I think Bloomington's the hardest play place to play anywhere okay. in the Big Ten. Does that mean it's the best atmosphere? I don't know. But I Why is it is it the hardest just because of history or just knowing where you are or it's just like the fog at Allen Fieldhouse. You have so much. But that's also because of the crowd. Well, the absolutely. Fog. But you just have so much reputation of Bloomington, Indiana, and going to play the Hoosiers that it's that like, knowing it's hard to. Okay, yeah, yeah, I think okay. I think it's a mindset. This is a mi- thing. mental thing. Okay, yeah. okay. No, yeah, I totally get that. Um, and then we look next at the remainder, uh, the remaining two teams. That's a we listed the top three, who again are all separated within a game of each other. And then we look at. The next two on the list in Wisconsin sitting at number 21, who are three games back, and Maryland, who are three and a half games back at number 24. For the Badgers, um, they come off of a week where they lose to Indiana by two, and then they defeat uh, Penn State by four. So there we see two more games where bottom-tier teams in the Big Ten make some noise against Wisconsin – how far can Wisconsin go in March? 
Does Ethan Happ not be – and we've talked about this and we've talked about it so much, but it's the most valid point for this Wisconsin team. Their best player can't make free throws. And that's the thing in March is that some of you those – have str- to be able to make free throws. Those strategic moves by coaches to get their team onto Hack the next level. Absolutely. <laughs> and they're, they're going to foul – if it's a close game – I would. They're going to foul Ethan Happ. Absolutely I would. They're going to send him to the free throw line. No, he's probably going to make one – at most out of the you know the double, and then they're going to get the ball back with a chance to bring it closer. I mean, I just it could be their kryptonite that Ethan Happ cannot make free throws. I think it all, and that's just a, it's a small small issue, and, but it it's so big in the long run. It's crazy. And then for Maryland, really, they've just kind of been floating around that top twenty range pretty much the whole season, really. I mean, they started out really strong in the non-con, and they've lost some games here. They lost their last two to Penn State again. <laughs> Seems like every time we brought up Penn State for all five of these teams, um, and then losing to Michigan narrowly. Um, and then they play Minnesota in their final game of the season, which could be a really big game uh, for Maryland based for seeding, and importantly for Minnesota to remain in the bubble uh of the big dance, but really I want to look at uh, the Iowa Hawkeyes here because I know you love talking about them, but what is going on, man? Why you got to bring that up? Why is it that this team likes to win only by a buzzer beater? Why can't they win just to win? Break it down, (coughs) sir. Break it down. Here we go. The problem is that Iowa cannot put together a 40-minute full ball game where everybody is communicating, everybody's on the same page. I mean, you just have the way that we win ball games is that you have one notable guy, maybe two, and most of the most of the time it's been a common consensus that Jordan Bohannon has been that guy this year for the Hawkeyes that has to go off, otherwise we're not going to be in a ball game. And so when we're relying it's it's like lebron james for the lakers right now i mean literally mm. we're relying on one guy to lead us who who to, should be that other guy that isn't stepping up it could be anybody i mean literally it could be it could be <laughs> tyler cook tyler cook i mean he plays 32 minutes of a game i mean he can't make a shot outside 10 feet it seems like yeah, coming down the stretch, Luca Garza has had a five-game stretch where, I mean, he overall the season he's been averaging close to fourteen points, fifteen points, and he's averaged about ten the last four games. So, so does the meter lean towards you're happy this team knows how to win close games, or you're mad that this team is always in close games? Okay, and this is where we're going to bring in Hawkeye football too. All right, we don't absolutely. <laughs> we it's it's we allow everybody, no matter. I mean, it's just we can go out. We can. And I'm going to bring in a football example. We can go out and we can beat teams like Ohio State in basketball. We can go out and beat teams like Michigan, top tier Big Ten teams, and then come down. You know, in the next games. And, you know, lose to teams we're not supposed to. Like and Rutgers. Look like, and like Rutgers. Like, you know, I'm, 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 we ha- have good wins against, you know, Maryland. Um, that How huge win in Bloomington, Indiana. How many seniors Indiana. do you have? 
Not many. Okay. And that's that's the thing. Well, that's positive. We don't we're a very young basketball squad, but it's the same story time and time and time again. And as Logan Weber would say if he's in the room, we're just another year out. We're just another year away. And that's the same thing every, every single year. year. We're always going to have, and we had this conversation the other day about Hawkeye football bringing in two and three stars and, you know, preparing. Building them up and saying, all right, Instead of, hey, let's bring in this four-star, five-star guy. We can't get those guys like Alabama, you know, in football. Like, you know, big Michigan State in basketball in the Big Ten. Um, We just got Noah Fan, our our – you know, I was called tight end you where we bring in these, you know, these facts. Exactly. So you just got no offense result from the combine, right? Coming out of high school, he ran, you know, four, seven, 40. We got him to run a four, four, nine. And, you know, he's got a, he's got a higher vertical jump. He's got a bigger bench press. I mean, we just, we bring in these guys that we can't, you know, and that comes to ultimately come that with aren't we can't McDonald's all Americans. Right. We can't yeah. compete with you know No, yeah. On a regular basis with these big squads in I March. Feel, I, I I feel that. And yeah. so I it's just frustrating because in my mindset we're never gonna be there. We we won't unless we have this Cinderella season. So th- so that's what I was gonna ask. Is this a first round exit team where they lose to a team they shouldn't, or is this a continuous buzzer-beating Loyola-Chicago team that makes it to a Sweet 16 and beyond. You want my real opinion? Yeah. I think I think we won't go anywhere past a Sweet 16. We, you know, you, is it we can not get a, a first-round exit, in, though? We can, it might be. Okay. Which Iowa Hawkeye team comes out on the floor that night will oh, depend okay. if it's a first-round We'll We'll figure it out in the first five minutes of the ball game how it's going to be. Really? It's that fast? We'll, e- we'll either be out or <clears> we'll <throat> be on to the next one. And that's mm. what – that's that. It's what's so scary about being a Hawkeye fan. All right. <laughs> Off my soapbox now. <laughs> no, I love it, honestly. Like, I'm – I soapbox. No, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy because they've just been in and out, floating up and down, hitting miraculous shots, staying alive in the top 25, and then losing to teams they shouldn't. It's really been a storyline all year long. You look. I mean, you just look. You look into the last two games that Iowa has, and you got the Cole Center on the seventh, and you got Wisconsin Senior Day. Probably lost there, and then you got Nebraska. And I don't. I don't trust Iowa going into Lincoln, and you know that's not a for sure It'll win be either. It'll so be we, tough. we could lose the game on a four game losing streak. And going be, into and yeah, going into the tough. Big Ten tournament, that's not, it's not, not, not what you want. It's not really an ideal time to right. have a losing streak. Yeah. <laughs> and then we look at our next conference, who might be the craziest of all three, honestly. Uh, because look, listen to this, because I didn't know this until, well, uh, the AP polls coming out of yesterday. <laughs> it's just crazy to think about. The SEC right now is just I mean, they're all three right there. And, and the three teams that we're talking about here is uh, Tennessee, LSU, and Kentucky. Uh, Tennessee and LSU are tied right now for the lead in the SEC. Kentucky's one game back. Those, all three of those teams are in the top ten. And the SEC does not have a single other team in the top 25. So is this conference top-heavy? Or... Have all these other teams being Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Auburn just really fallen off? Because you look at it, 
So like those top three teams, Tennessee, LSU, Kentucky, all within a game of each other and tied. And then after that, Mississippi State five games back, Auburn five games back, Ole Miss five games back, Florida five games back, South Carolina five games back, Alabama six games back. It's just like, what happens after these top three teams who are literally interchangeable every single week, they switch spots? Well, and you look at the history of the SEC. I mean, this has really been a common thing. I think the SEC has never been a really strong basketball conference, right? Yeah. You always have the top teams, you know, Kentucky usually controlling that spot. I mean, Florida being up there, you know, when they're back-to-back back back in the mid-2000s. Joakim Noah. Yep. (laughs) I mean, you have those two, usually three, schools that are in contention for the SEC championship, and that's it. I mean... And and so, and that's what is puzzling me, is it always seems to be that the SEC always is top-heavy. But these three teams are something of the top they're all in the top 10 all three of these teams coming out of the sec are beast yeah like they're really good this year like maybe better than the sec has been in a while with their top best teams because it's always kentucky we always but then after that but the way that tennessee and especially lsu coming out of nowhere this year have been playing recently are all three of these teams Sweet sixteen teams. What which okay, which one out of these three worries you the most and why? Worries me in what aspect? Like of a f- potential first round ex- exit. Or any of them a first round exit. You know, and I'm gonna this is probably not the popular thing, but I'm gonna go with Tennessee really worries me. Wow. I think because they rely See, they're my favorite. Really? Well, I mean, Tennessee if if uh they're very top heavy in their in their roster too. I mean, they don't. That's they, fair. they only have two or three really big scores that, that come off the bench. Yeah. So I mean, you have you have Grant Williams, who is an absolute animal on the basketball court. True. And then you have Admiral Schofield, and you know Jordan Bone. I mean, he participates a little bit. These guys all average, you know, nineteen, sixteen, thirteen points a game, um, but. Our Tennessee is really not that deep, and I don't see them. I see them being very vulnerable in March for that reason. Um, you know, if Grant Williams, if he doesn't have a great game, I'm just they've been in a lot of closed, closed contests this year when he's been off. And see, see so. for me, the team that kind of worries me a little bit is, and I like this team a lot, um, is LSU. That's my favorite. That's your favorite. That's my favorite. Okay. See, I like Tennessee because I, I believe in Rick Barnes being able to get his team focused. And I really think Grant Williams um, is just a monster. Um, but for LSU, for me, is they have a lot of talent, but it's young talent. I mean, their three best players, Tremont Waters, Skyler, uh, Skyler Mays, and Naz Reed. Reed, a freshman. Waters, a sophomore. Mays, a junior. So they really haven't been, especially with what they're going to be, a pretty high seed in March. Really, I don't know if they know how to play in those type of games. But that's the thing is we don't have really much clarity on these three teams because they've gone wish-wash back and forth, back and forth, beating each other. And that's where those those losses, um, you know, Tennessee's, what, 14-2 and two in the conference, uh, and then, you know, LSU, what are they fourteen and two, two and yeah, 
LA, or Kentucky's thirteen and yeah. three. Yes, and so it's I'm, unreal. I mean, those losses. I mean, what LSU's beat t- Kentucky and Tennessee this year. Um, Kentucky's been one and one with Tennessee. Tennessee. Yep, and I mean, I just. I don't know. I think either either of these three teams can make a run in March. And either of these three teams could be, you know, I feel potential like, upsets. I feel like we've said that for all three conferences today. That's the crazy thing. <laughs> That's amazing. If there's not uh, there's not a true I don't think not. there's a true standout in all of college basketball this year. That is like juggernaut of college basketball. I would have said Duke was. Yeah. That's but then Zion's gone. I don't. I don't see that anymore. Right now, I because last year Villanova was the clear best team, and they proved it. This year, everyone thought it was going to be Duke, but now they have a huge question mark. And then in the ACC, you have North Carolina, Virginia. That you know, those are the two ACC very, is just as crazy. Two, two very good teams as well. I don't think there's one team that's separating themselves at all from and the Gonzaga, rest of the And Gonzaga, yeah, they've separated themselves conference record-wise, but they don't... Their strength of schedule is absolutely atrocious. And, 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 I mean, there's nothing they can really do about that. No, it's not their fault. It's not their fault. It's I'm just, just their it's conference like, it's, this see, year has been bad because St. Mary's, who has always been their other team, has been bad. Yep. It's unbelievable. All right, next we're going to talk winners and losers here on Tuesday Takeover, and then we're just going to keep talking. We got bracketology coming up. We got college game day. We're previewing it all. College hoops. Tuesday Takeover. Austin Norton, Tucker Quinn. You're listening to the X106. Welcome back to Tuesday Takeover here on KZLX 106.7, the X. Austin McNorton, Tucker Quinn, and here on the campus of Northwest Missouri State, the in case you haven't known, um, we have a pretty good basketball team here. I don't know if you've really been paying attention to that. I know I have, but some pretty serious uh, dominating awards just kind of came out for the Bearcats. Isn't that right? That, that, that seems <laughs> I to think be the one case. way to put it. That seems to be um, the case. Dominating. Uh, for this breaking news in the MIAA. So, uh, yeah, uh, we're we're pretty. You know, we're all right. We, we're okay. You know, undefeated. I mean, we're the only undefeated team in Division One, Two, II, and Three. Yeah, so. that's pretty good. That's okay. Yeah. All right. So we'll start off with uh, you know the MIAA Player of the Year, and that went to uh, Joey Withis, which is a he is a standout uh, player for the Bearcats. Uh, we also acquired the uh, MIAA Freshman of the Year, Trevor, Trevor Hudgens. The MIAA Defensive Player of the Year went to <laughs> Ryan Hawkins. And last but not least, Ben McCollum won the MIAA Coach of the Year. So, <laughs> are we bringing out the brooms yet? Oh or what, what's going goodness, on? man. I mean, what a time to be a Bearcat. Jeez, I, I mean, I guess I got here at the right time for, for basketball season, no doubt. Jeez, that is – I mean, winning every single award like that is – that's pretty amazing, really. Um, and we will get another chance to see them, um, the regional tournament for the Division II uh, tournament, national tournament. The first uh, three games are hosted here before the Elite Eight, so the round of 64, 32, and Sweet 16 
will all be here because we are the number one seed in the central region. And those dates are the 16th, 17th, and 19th of March. That's a Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday. Um, We won't know the times on that yet. But Northwest will have at least one of those games on the 16th. Um, So be looking out for that on a Saturday because you'll get a chance to watch the Coach of the Year, Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year. And Freshman of the Year. And Freshman of the Year all at once. Here's the thing. is that (laughs) And an undefeated team, most likely. We could lose in the first round of the MIAA and it's tournament. Still, the regional championship is because the still number here. the number two seed in the and this is another positive sign. I don't want to jinx anything, but it's a positive sign for Northwest Missouri State. The number two seed in the central region is a conference opponent, a conference rival in the Washburn Ichabods, a team that we beat in the final regular season pretty handedly. What was it? Thirty? Twenty five? I think it was. It was. I want to say it was like 70 to 44. So yeah. Just under 30. Yeah. It's a good sign. No big deal. We're not good at basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on into our Logan's favorite segment, uh, the winners and losers. For the first uh, loser that we have here, um, I chose in to elect – the Iowa State Cyclones. Here's a team in Iowa State that was tied for first at one point in the Big 12 Conference. And they have lost uh, four out of their last six games. They have lost to TCU at home. They lost to Baylor at home. They lost at TCU. And last night, or not last night, on Saturday, they got Killed by the Texas Longhorns. What? I mean, it just makes no sense. And, and and maybe this could potentially lead into our other loser that we'll talk about at the end of the show. Uh, is this Iowa State Cyclone team, who is now uh, fifth in the Big 12, as they were first at one point, have lost four out of their last six, still remain... A five seed in bracketology, in Joe Lunardi's bracketology, ahead of, believe this, ahead of the, the Kansas, Kansas State, State Wildcats. Wildcats. How? <laughs> I'm going to lower my mic volume here. How does that make any sense at all? Anyway, um, so yeah, for, is Hilton Magic gone? Maybe that's the, the question I have in regards to Iowa State being a loser. Is Hilton Magic gone? They lost... Quite a few home games this season. Maybe for this year. I'm going to count how many home games in total while you give your thoughts on it. Maybe for this year. Uh, I don't see it being gone, gone. Uh, because dude, I, 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 I just think last year was such a um, off-the-wall. Four home games this year. Yep. Off-the-wall performance in Hilton for the Iowa State Cyclones. Um, I don't know. Might just be I I you know I it might just be an off year. I, I and they play uh, West Virginia tomorrow night on the road and in Morgantown. Yep, and then their final game. And that's why the home court advantage is Ooh, really going to be a factor. You 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 need you want them to beat Texas the Tech big in the twelve ender. game of the year. Yep. Um, well, I, the biggest game of the week. I I don't know about year. Well, it could be year honestly. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
Iowa State could really ruin Texas Tech's chance of winning or at least clinching a share of the Big 12 with that one. And Kansas State and Kansas really are going to – the state of Kansas is really going to be watching that game closely. For the Cyclones of the team up north, uh, the next – or the first winner I have, speaking of, Texas Tech, who have come on winning nine games in a row and in dominating fashion, uh, by the way, is – and, and this is something we're also going to discuss in the next hour when we're doing our uh, pick 'em. So in the next hour, just to set it up a little bit, we're going to preview the games. We're going to pick the games, and then once we're done, we are going to pick uh, who we think is going to win the conference, who we think is going to be Player of the Year for that conference, and then we're going to look at the bracketology and see who's going to who we think out of that conference is going to make it the farthest in March based on the bracketology right now, which is Joe Lunardi is kind of losing it, in my opinion. But uh, we're gonna, his rocker we're a little bit, huh? Look, we're just going to look at it <laughs> as it is, even if it's right or wrong. We're going to look at it, and then um, we're going to give our picks as conference-wise who's going to make it the farthest in that. Um, and so Texas Tech is our first winner, moving to our second based on just simply they're hot. I mean, really. I mean, not really much more to say. No. They're hot. They, they are. And when they are hitting shots the way that they are, they're unbeatable. That's the thing. Is that was my whole that was my whole point at the beginning. Is that, and this sounds weird to say, is that they're going to have to, uh, they're going to have to do it to themselves for a team to have a shot um, in beating them. I'm, I really think so. I think they're going to have to take themselves out of the ball game for it to be. It to be close, to be honest with you, and that's for the Big Twelve tournament. They're gonna have to not be able to hit shots. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I agree, and I think the same thing is true for Virginia. The same thing is true for Michigan. The same thing is true for Kansas State. Um, Our next loser, uh, I put on here Michigan State, mostly because how did they lose to Indiana twice? Indiana is a tough place to play. (laughs) I don't. I don't. Michigan, and that's you know. And I'm going to keep it very, very short. The Big Ten is a, it's a bottom to uh, top to bottom. It is a deep conference this year, and I don't, you know, I just I think it's, it's at, hard to play anywhere because we looked literally at the, hard to play. We've anywhere. looked at the SEC, those top three teams, and then it really kind of falls off from there. The Big Twelve is kind of a f- three four team if you kind of want to throw Iowa State and Baylor as half of a team combined, like. Baylor and Iowa State kind of battling up in there all year long, um, but it's mostly kind of a three, it's always kind of been a three team race with the two Kansas schools and then Tech. Um, but the Big Ten, it's been those top schools, but all of the other schools the play bottom a schools into it. impact those top let's schools. Put the, let's, you know what? Let's put the Big Ten as a winner. Just or, now that the season's over, well, one game left. The season's over. They won the conference battle this year. <clears throat> well, last year, do you, do you, do you, <clears throat> excuse me. Do you have that mindset though? And here's here's the different way not? to look at it. Here's a different way to look at it. Does that mean that the Big Ten, the top teams in the Big Ten, are weaker than the top teams of mm. every other conference? Ah, uh, I mean, you think about it though. Is that you got bottom teams in your conferences beating the top teams? 
where you don't see that in a lot of the other conferences that those top teams have separated themselves so far. Does that mean the Big Ten is, you know, is a mm. strong conference as a whole, or does it mean that the those top teams aren't as dominant and are weaker than the top teams of the other power, you know, really power four conferences? Um, I don't know because last year the Big Twelve, because everyone was wondering, well, yeah, everyone beats everyone in the Big Twelve, but. And everyone was questioning, well, how really, truly good are these top teams? But let's see, one, two, uh, three teams out of the Big 12 made it into the Elite Eight. And in the Sweet 16, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four teams made it into the Sweet 16 from the Big 12. And, and those were all those top teams everyone was questioning. But they all made it far in the tournament. And I think the same is going to be true for all these big team teams. I don't see – I can see Michigan making it far, Michigan State, Purdue, um, maybe even like a Maryland making it far. I mean, really, just because of the fact that they've all had these tough games. I think that betters you in the long run. Really? I think it does. I think just looking at the record doesn't mean, oh, well, they have a bad record, they're a bad team. They just constantly had the best competition all season long. I don't think it's it's a diss towards Michigan or Michigan State at all that they've lost some of the games they've lost to. It's just you have a tough game every single game. I think that makes you better in the long run because that's exactly how March is. Every single game is a tough game. There's no layoff. There's no layoff at all. Whereas the SEC, Kentucky, ah, we got Alabama this week. Tennessee, ah, we got Georgia. Those are layoff games. They're trap games, yeah, but they're win- you win those games. In the Big Ten, <laughs> looking at Penn State or Illinois, you're like, ah, man, I don't know. You're right? right? I, I, I agree. I just wanted to see your viewpoint on it. Um I think in the long run, it makes you better because you play throughout your entire conference season, you play tough opponents, and in March, you play tough opponents. You see Michigan State – okay, that's a bad example because I I think Indiana is a good improvement. Or Michigan, for example, if they lose to Penn State, they say – this is how March is going to be. We're going to play a 12 seed, a 16 seed. But We can't Do you see this this. as vulnerability, though? Like you see – Illinois like a upsetting report you up, mean? like no vulnerability so do you see like a teams when you see teams like Illinois you know beating top 10 teams or top tier teams in the Big 10 when you get into the tournament you're not going to have those Illinois caliber teams you're going to have those bigger caliber we're meant to be here teams and you see teams, you know, like Illinois beating those. Well, why That's should true. why should these Michigan, Michigan State, Purdue, Maryland, even Wisconsin, why should they have That's true. why should they have trouble with those, you know, outside of tournament play? That's where it gets me. It's a really good question, honestly. Uh, because and- you're not going to see a team of t- Illinois talent in the Big Dance. You're not. That's that. That's, that's the thing. true. That's true. Um, and then our final sticking with the Big Ten. I I'll, I'll let you just because you you told me to put this on there. The Hawkeyes are a loser this week. 
on the winners and losers segment of Tuesday Takeover. Uh, I'll just let you just you know what climb back on that box, <laughs> sir. You go on. You do your thing. The biggest problem for me with this, this Iowa team, two games ago, you know, even before that, coming off the win, uh, you know, over the Hoosiers in Carver-Hawkeye, um, this team sat at 21-6. and six. They were fighting for that, you know, that double double buy system that the Big Ten has. And now, Which is a race right now. It is a race. <laughs> and the Hawkeyes have taken themselves out of the race. Flat tire. Y- you would think out so. the race. You go to Columbus. And I'm not you know, undermining Ohio State at all because they, they are, they're a team that can beat anyone too. It has come out in the season not like that. But they, you know, we go to Columbus. We lose by 20 points to the Buckeyes. And then we welcome – the Rutgers Scarlet Knights into Carver Hawkeye Arena, where we've been so good and so promising and so consistent all year, and we get beat by 15, 14 points. Fifteen points. Yeah, that is a huge struggle and a huge it's a big one and a huge. You know, it just it saddens me because <laughs> we. We have been so good and so consistent and so. You don't you, like you, getting you, your hopes up and then being let down, but that's the thing about being a Hawkeye fan, and that's, expect, that's we expect it. That's yes, sad. we you expect shouldn't expect it. that. <laughs> they give us all this. Okay, we're gonna do so well, so well, so well, so well, too. Absolutely, happens in football. Absolutely, but the the Hawkeyes are my <laughs> biggest loser here. I mean, then you yeah. look at you it's know. Tough. Fran McCaffrey and his son Connor. Okay, getting yeah, double that te- situation. Getting I didn't, double technicals. I didn't see it. So explain that situation. Why the father son duo is a loser this week? So you had uh, and give it to Fran. He fights for his guys. Thick, I remember the first thing thin, you and you and Logan ever told me about Fran is that his hair doesn't move when he loses his mind. That's the first thing I oh, ever his knew hair about. doesn't move. He puts so much pig fat well, in I mean, that. It, 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 just, oh it my speaks Lord. to how much fight he has for his players. Maybe a little too far this time. You know, and that's the thing is that it's uh, – it's okay, so everybody knows about Bobby Knight's temper, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. A chair across Friends the not that bad. Well, no one should be. But <laughs> – but, but <laughs> If you're that bad, come on. Get ready for that documentary to be made about Fran, you down the road. <laughs> Fran and his son have this genetic makeup where they're going to be hotheads. And when you don't get a call right, you can't go screaming at the ref calling them, you know, things I can't say on public radio because it it was bad. And, <laughs> Fran, and Fran followed the ref post-game I down remember the that. hallway. I remember that. And – Continued to do the charade over a a probably you know, not and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm going to say that it was a terrible call, which it was. What was the call? Uh, it wasn't even that big of a thing, though. Too, I think it, it wasn't was something that you should lose your a, mind about. It was about. a legal screen, or it was oh, a travel, okay. or I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't, it wasn't something you should insane, just absolutely but d- kill an official for. Right. So Connor got teed up. He was jawing at the refs. Every player does that. Okay. But he was jawing Just at the refs. Is cool. Yeah. They Mad team him up. He's not playing well. So and so. They team him up, and then Fran just 
gets these big eyes and he goes <laughs> you off. You see it coming a mile away. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But the reason why he's a loser is because the Big Ten fined Iowa ten grand for violating the sportsmanship policy of that following they have. the rest of yeah. the Yeah. Ten grand. Ten grand. That's and tough. so it's just not a good look when you're struggling. To have this baggage on too, where our, we're going to sp- suspend just, your coach. Your frustrations are getting out of control. Absolutely, and you know the two games that he was suspended started. Um, they started with the Rutgers game. He was not. He was not there for the Rutgers game, and then he's not going to coach in the Cole Center either against Wisconsin. And mm. that could be proved to be. You know that could prove to be vital too. And so, I don't know. This Hawkeye team coming down the stretch is not it's, – it's just not rolling. It's going to be crazy. It's not rolling. Um, and so that will do it for hour one here on Tuesday Takeover. Coming up in the next hour, we got a lot more coming at you in the college basketball world. we got college game day, bracketology. We're picking our winners of the week. We're picking players of the year in the conference. We're picking who's making it the furthest in bracketology. We got everything here for you on Tuesday Takeover right here on KZLX 106.7, The X. Ah, an amazing little Motley Crew break there on <laughs> Tuesday Takeover. Awesome Norton, Tucker Quinn. We just recapped an incredible week yet again of college basketball. And now... We are in the final week of the regular season for these three conferences. And like we always do, we will start with the biggest game of the week. And that is always College Game Day. And this week, ESPN's College Game Day studio show will be heading to Chapel Hill for the last show of the regular season where North Carolina will be hosting Duke at 7 p.m. And here we go. This is part two of the greatest college basketball rivalry for the schools that are only eight miles apart from each other. North Carolina defeated Duke as we all, no one will ever forget this game, maybe for years and years to come, um, where it was one of the most hyped up college basketball games maybe in history. I mean, President Obama was there. (laughs) And, And as we all know, North Carolina won in in uh, Cameron Indoor, 88-72. Um, and the Tar Heels were led by senior forward, I think that's important to point out, Luke May, who scored 30 points and grabbed 15 rebounds in the Tar Heel win. And this is the point that's always going to stand out forever is we all know Duke freshman Phenom, Zion Williamson, famously blew out his Nike sneaker and sprained his right knee just 33 seconds into the ball game, and he left the contest and has not put on the Blue Devil jersey since. Part two. Here we go. It's going to be amazing. As it always is. It will be fantastic. Will it be as fantastic since, Zuka, since Zion isn't playing? And now we know that he's not playing. No. Well, it would be it would be a the, uh, the 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 hype surrounding the first matchup was absolutely off the charts. Oh yeah, but it's still a Duke Carolina matchup. That's true. It's, it, the, it's the greatest it college basketball rivalry. Um, who are you taking? Who? This is a tough one. Um, I don't think Carolina is going to lose it on their home. You know, and, and Logan said this, and I didn't take enough thought into it, and I think he's right. Is 
the seniors in this rivalry are the biggest impact because they know how hyped the crowd is, just how much the media attention is around it, just the energy that there is surrounding this game. Only the seniors know that. And this, Luke May showed that 30-15 and 15 the first time these teams met. I think him, it's going to be senior day for him, first of all. That's a factor. Playing against your rival, I'm not going to pick against him. What he proved to me the first time these teams met, I'm not going to pick against him at home on senior day a second time. Yeah. If, and, you, if, if you look at Duke's last five games... They have two losses on the chart with two, obviously, North Carolina. And then that Virginia Tech Hokie team that beat them, you know, obviously at Virginia Tech. Carolina's won their last five games in the in the last five. They've you lost, think Carolina's going to make it farthest in the, from the ACC? I do. I, I like Carolina in this one. Um, this, this, this game without Zion is, you know, I, it's, I, yeah. it's, 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 it's a bummer. It is a bummer. It's a bummer. What we've seen all season from Duke. And we talked about this, if we, he's going to come back or not. Yeah. I just – I don't think you can pick against North Carolina. Like you said, senior day. It's in Chapel Hill. They're on a crazy momentum streak yeah. right now. I just – I don't see it. No, I, I don't either. But <laughs> you and I both picked Duke in the first game, and we were wrong. Yeah, so. well, Zion was healthy going when into When we picked it, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he was healthy when we picked it, and this time he's not healthy when we're picking it, so we're going with a different team. Yep. <laughs> he's the factor. Oh, I yeah. still will take that. He's the know. biggest factor in all of college basketball. Here's what – you know what? I want to put this conversation over the air because we had it in the studio before we went on. Is Zion Williamson maybe the biggest college basketball draw of all time? We talked about the Fab Five, but that was a team of beasts like Jalen Rose, Juwan Howard, and Chris Webber, obviously. But Zion just solely by himself has brought in more media, more hype than I don't even know. Um, I would say, and I have a really hard time comparing. You know, and we can look back. Zion. You brought up JJ Redick. Yeah, I mean, but he was never Jimmer Fredette. Those were those were one dimensional players. Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis was not, but Zion Williamson was six seven, two hundred and fifty strong coming out of high school. Yeah. Coming out of high school, he was <laughs> a freak of nature. Going into Duke. I would say in the last 20 years, yes. He yeah, is, he is I the would biggest too. Name I can't to think because all those guys I just mentioned, they were great. And everyone knew they were far better than everyone they were playing against. But they didn't have – they didn't have the it. The – I don't know. Like they didn't there is have not the a, there Zion. Is, there is not a weak part of Zion Williamson's game when he's healthy. They didn't have There's the not. just – Hype plays, the emotion, the the dunks, really. Um, those players, let we all just, J.J. Reddick, Jimmer, Anthony Davis, all the best in the country by far. You know, but they you, didn't have the whoa. You look back in the day, and this is why I say in the last 20 years, you like look back Christian in the Leitner day. Or, yeah, but then you look at like Larry Bird at Indiana State, and you look at Wilt at Kansas, Magic. in Magic at Michigan State. I mean, 
I don't know if you can compare is Zion that because, to Bam. Is that because maybe just the day and age – maybe it's just simply the day and age we're in in social media. Is that part sure, of the reason? Maybe. I think that's part of the reason. Absolutely. I mean news outlets weren't huge. People across the country weren't hearing about these – There wasn't Twitter. Right. There wasn't – obviously there wasn't Twitter. Um, you know, and people weren't hearing about these highlights as fast as they are now, and they weren't getting on these big bandwagon fan, you know – People weren't buying yeah. jerseys. They weren't, and I think that's a huge part of it. But if we're looking solely at the athlete in the last twenty years, no one is better than Zion Williamson when he's healthy. Well, that's going to be a great game on Saturday. The schools again only separated by eight miles. Part two, we're both taking North Carolina. Moving into the Big Twelve tonight is an important matchup for. The number 13 Kansas Jayhawks as they travel to Norman to take on Boomer Sooner. Um, the Kansas's streak of earning at least a share, that's all they can do. They can't win it outright. Well, yeah, no, they can't win it outright. Um, at least a share of the Big 12 title for 15 consecutive seasons. Um, really, this is out of the Jayhawks' hands at this point in the Big 12. Um they Isn't come, that so crazy to it's say? It's unreal. Isn't that so it's, crazy to say? And that's what we talked about in the first hour. There's some, there are some young Kansas fans out there who have never seen them not win. 15-year-olds have never not seen them win. How crazy. That's brutal. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you're a Kansas State or any, any team fan in the entire Big 12, it's depressing. Um, but that's just how dominant they've been behind Hall of Fame head coach Bill Self. Um, but they are one and a half games behind Tech and Kansas State that we've mentioned in the conference race after the Red Raiders and Wildcats both earned victories on Monday last night. Um, so the Jayhawks have been playing well of recent after beating TCU in overtime. They had a big loss to um, Texas Tech in Lubbock. That's a fair loss. Um, but since then, they – Defeated their rival in Kansas State. Um, they win in, in Stillwater, and so they stay in the state of Oklahoma in Norman this time. They've won five out of their last six, and they're back in contention. Um, and then the problem is, though, and we talked about this, they're 3-7 and seven in road games, um, including 3-5 and five in Big 12 game. And so OU tonight really um, – they started out with a. They started out great in the season, really. A twelve and one non-con record with a schedule that made them the only team in Division One without a game against a Quadrant Four opponent has kept the Sooners alive, even with the six and ten Big Twelve record coming into Tuesday's game. OU tonight can officially end the streak. They can officially put Kansas out of it. Will they do it? No, they won't. Um, Absolutely not. (laughs) They won't. Um, KU has been playing bad on the road, yes. But OU this season really has been weird because they've been so, like I said, 12-1 in the non-con. Coming to conference play, really have been struggling. Um, But, yeah, I'm going to pick KU. You look at it. They are going. They're going to keep themselves alive. It's not out of their hands, but they're not going to let them be the ones that lose it. It's going. The reason they won't win the Big Twelve is because Tech and Kansas State, one of those two teams, beat them. It's not going to be because K 
Kansas loses to OU on a Tuesday night is going to be the factor that eliminates them, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, I would agree. Um, you know, and this has been really hard because if we're looking at Oklahoma, they have a senior guard that's really meant a lot to their program in Christian James, and he has been yeah. he has been absolutely. You know, Good name to bring up, honestly. Well, but the thing is, he has been absolutely doing his part to help his yeah. team win. He has been averaging 15.1 points per game. He's averaging over 40% from the field, shooting 80% from the free throw line. But, you know, when it comes to facing the Jayhawks, I think Dedrick Lawson, I don't think he can guard Dedrick Lawson. I really don't. I think. Yeah. Not many can, in fairness. Not De- many can. Dedrick Lawson is, you know, the. Jayhawks leading score at this point with you know 19 points a game I don't I just I don't think that Christian can outscore him to keep the Sooners in it not many can so Uh, yeah so I I got the Jayhawks we're both going with the University of Kansas this evening that game's at 8 p.m. on ESPN 2 and then looking to Saturday a huge game in the Big 12 the number eight Texas Tech Red Raiders take on the Iowa State Cyclones Senior Day in uh, Hilton, and the Red Raiders, who are coming off of eight straight, well nine straight now, wins, are in a position to clinch at least a share of the Big Twelve title. Um, the Cyclones have been struggling lately after being in the first, after being the first, like we talked about. Losing four out of their last six, and we'll be hoping for a high, and really looking for a higher tournament seed, even though there are five right now. How? Um, anyway, <laughs> winning on their home court on senior day for Iowa State and could spoil the Red Raiders' chances. I thought this game, honestly, was going to be really good, really close, and Iowa State was going to be able to pull it out. But with what Texas Tech has been doing recently, I think they're the best team in the Big 12. I don't think they're losing their last game of the season. When they have this much on the line, they're not going to lose it. I don't think. Man, I want to pick the Cyclones so bad. I just, I think Shayok has done. So do I from a fan standpoint. Absolutely. (laughs) I want want to pick the Cyclones. But just the way I want this Big 12 title to come down to the wire. (laughs) And I'd love to see that. Um, it might, but I just, I keep, my mind keeps refreshing back to this Texas tech win over Kansas and how dominating it was and how, you know, belittle, belittled that Texas tech made the Jayhawks. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. I no. can't put it any other way. You really can't. They outscored Kansas from start to finish. No holding back. They've literally done that in their last nine games. <laughs> I don't see the Cyclones win this one. I'm going to have to go with the Red Raiders. I did, yeah, because I'm in the exact same boat as you are. I thought for sure that I was like, okay. As a KSA fan, I was like, okay. And it's crazy. It is very hard, or it has been very hard to win in Ames. That's, that's absolutely. What, that's why I asked in the first round. Absolutely is, very hard to win in Ames. Is the magic? Yeah, that's what. But and, I don't think it's the case this year. And. and, and I thought it was the same thing. I was like, no one can really win in Ames. Um, it's going to be senior day. I, tech, I don't know. But with what they've been doing, <laughs> let me just say this again because just the fact that 
They've been dominating the way they have been. Ever since they lost to Kansas in the fog, by the way, they haven't lost, and they've won by such a substantial margin. 81-50, 66-54, 78-50, 86-61, 91-62 against Kansas, uh, 84-80. That was the overtime game against Okie State where Lindy Waters went off. That's an exception. TCU, 81-66, Texas, 70-51. All of, literally five out of those games that I just mentioned are 20 points or more. Well, and that's the thing is that season, throughout this season, the margin of victory for Texas Tech is 22 points. <laughs> 22, but they're averaging 73 points a game. That's And allowing only 58. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't think they're going to lose. Um, I hope they do, but I don't think they will. No, uh, I got the right record. <laughs> and next, we have seniorless senior day in the fog, unless again, LeGerald Vick makes a miraculous appearance for uh, the Jayhawks. They host the Baylor Bears in their final game of the regular season. Again, I go back to the point I don't think Kansas is going to self impact them losing. I think it's going to be solely on can Kansas State and Tech win it, not KU losing to OU, not KU losing, especially not losing to Baylor at home. I, I Baylor's going to be it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. But the, also, though, now that I'm thinking about it, to play kind of devil's advocate a little bit, if Tech wins because they play before Kansas does, they play at one, KU plays at three. If Tech wins. They have the Big 12. Kansas can't win it. How motivated is Kansas knowing they can't? When we talked about this in the first half, how motivated is Kansas if they know the Big 12 is already in Texas Tech's hands? The ring is not on Bill Self's finger. And that's the thing is that I don't think, in my opinion, I don't think that Bill Self is worried about it at all anymore. I think it's the, he knows and how he's focused on March now. Maybe? How experienced okay. he is, he knows that it's out of his hands. If I, they if they honestly, share, I think you're right. He says if I mean if they share, the incentive is you know it, it's great. That's cool, but it's out of our hands. Yep, we're looking into seeding. We're looking into our route in March. Which there are three seed miraculously, right? <laughs> miraculously, their route in March. They've got, you know, obviously they've got Baylor left on the schedule. I just, I don't, I, first of all, I don't see them losing this game in Allen Fieldhouse, period. Um, no. Um, and Even then, without it being senior day, that right. place is going to be crazy. I don't, I don't, I don't, Kansas, I guess, just, 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 we'll just go with Kansas. Uh, and finally, OU at Kansas State. Lon Kruger returns to his alma mater to see his jersey up in the rafters of Bramlage Coliseum to a, to potentially knock off a maybe the most senior-loaded team in the entire country in Kansas State on senior day. Um, this hold is on, a hold bit, on, hold okay. on. Let, let's time out for a second. Okay. And it just ran, you know, came, popped into my head. Let's discuss these lavender purple jerseys that Kansas State How wore. How dare you, sir? Let's How discuss dare you. this. Because those were the ugliest 
of jerseys God, I've ever seen. Get out. <laughs> get out. How dare you insult those jerseys that because are just here's the, the thing. greatest. Here's the thing. If you looked at this Kansas State, uh, Kansas State player during the day, they came out in these lavender, and I'm not kidding, baby lavender jerseys with these so royal purple so shorts. Sweet. You know, if we could have put the lavender on the bottom, that might have helped a little bit. Oh, but no. he did the two shades oh, of purple. Oh, it's so sweet. God, it was ugly. I couldn't watch it. It's a throwback to when Kansas State beat the number one overall seed in the 80s, beat Oregon State on a buzzer beater with Orlando Blackman, and they wore those jerseys. Because that was our... Those were our away jerseys. I don't think that's an oh, excuse to so wear those. Sweet. Those were awful. They're so sweet, dude. How? Oh, oh man, that breaks my heart. Okay. If you were not a Kansas State fan, there would be no way it. that you would have thought I'm those were cool. I'm not kidding you. You're the only person I know who doesn't like those. And how many people I outside of your Lawrence. Kansas? I live in Lawrence. I've never heard any hate from a KU fan about it. Yeah, what well, they don't usually worry themselves with K State because you guys usually aren't in the picture. Okay, <laughs> yeah. now, that's just here's the line. You just crossed it. Okay, but I, mean, that's I just had to bring it up. You know what? It's fair. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway what are we talking about? Back to your Kansas, Kansas State, State win. Yeah, uh, back to your Kansas State Oklahoma. No, yeah, Kansas State Oklahoma and Bramlage Coliseum. Who do you got? <laughs> Logan is cracking me up right now on our <laughs> on our text line. This man is very he he wasn't listening when we ratted him out about faking and faking the moped starting. <laughs> <laughs> his mom his mom is yelling at him about it, and now he's threatening threatening us by giving us his fever. Mm-hmm. He said he's a man of the people. He would gladly do that for us. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, I'm taking Kansas State. I don't think they'll lose on senior day. Um, these seniors have been wanting this title since they came in as freshmen because the year before, they watched the class before them get one. And so all four years, they've been trying to achieve it again. I think they can do it. Last night was the biggest game of the year. Uh, well, not year. Second biggest game of the year for Kansas State because that was a trap game. You're down to the wire. Must win to be able to have a chance of winning the Big 12. Now you come back home. OU struggling. It's senior day. Bramlage is sold out already. It's going to be nuts. One more thing about the Cats. jerseys before we move on. Oh, my. Why? What? Why do you? What? What those look like practice jerseys? What what do they practice in? What color do they practice? Gray, they, in gray. Yep, mm. gray. Interesting. Purple and uh, black and gray is what they practice in. Mm. Black. You know how they have the double sided jerseys? Black one side, gray on the other. Sure. I, I'm sorry that you're just jealous that the Iowa Hawkeyes jealous, will never have jealous nearly, of a lavender purple. Nearly as cool okay, jerseys. The as Hawkeyes those. will come out in a uh, in a what are your uh, throwback? What are your throwback jerseys? Pale, black a, and gold with the little cursive writing. Ooh, that's cool. Next game, the Iowa Hawkeyes lavender will jerseys that are sweet. <laughs> we'll come out in a bale baby yellow, pale yellow, and we'll see how intimidating we look. <laughs> okay, here we go. I'm taking, the, I'm taking the cats on this one. Next game, please. Let's go. <laughs> Next conference, really. We yep. move into the Big Ten now. 
Um, tonight is a game where Michigan State tries to bounce back. Um, his second loss of the season to Indiana as the Hoosiers really rallied late, handed the Spartans a critical defeat um, in a chase for the Big Ten Championships. They're still in that race, but now it's kind of out of their hands. Well, I take that back. They have to be able to beat Michigan, um, and they need Purdue to lose. Um, Michigan State now enters the final week of the season, a game behind Purdue, like we mentioned. Um, a 29-point blowout at Michigan might have uh, signified the bottom. Talking about Nebraska now, get killed by Michigan. Um, that might be the bottom of the season for the Cornhuskers. Just say, tough season. Um, Coach Tim Miles, he benched three starters at the beginning of the second half and really talked after the game about his team facing a gut check. So it's a really bad time for Nebraska basketball. Um, but the Spartans really have an outside chance at a regular season title if Purdue fails, like we talked about. Um, but they'll be without junior center Nick Ward for the fourth straight game. And, of course, junior wing uh, Kyle Aarons could be out with a bad back. Um, but here's the positive thing. There's hope that Ward will be back by the end of the week, and that really could help them in the Big Ten tournament, um, especially if they're able to get that by, get him fully healthy and back, could really make this team a lot more dangerous than they are. Sure. But I, I'm taking Michigan State tonight. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I think Copeland... Well, that's a blowout, right? I, yeah, I think so. I think Copeland going out really has hurt this Nebraska roster from day, you know, the day one. Uh, they they had the potential to be very good, and I really do think that they had the potential to um, be a middle of the pack, you know, be in the contention to you know be at the top of the Big Ten at the beginning of the year. Um, it is very hard to win to, to win in Lincoln, um, but like you said, I don't think anybody's stopping Michigan State right now, and especially it's not going to be Nebraska. So. Yeah. I am. Gonna, I'm going to go with the Spartans. Um, Safe bet. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with the Spartans on this one. Uh, the next game that we have here in the Big Ten, and this is a huge one as well. <laughs> and look, look, number eleven Purdue at Minnesota in the, the barn, barn, baby. Hey, <laughs> get hype in the barn. Let's go every time. <laughs> uh, in the barn, they uh, will be rocking as both teams are fighting. For something, Purdue, they look to take the Big Ten title. Minnesota, they hope to keep their tournament hopes alive with would be one of their biggest, if not their biggest, resume win of the season over the Boilermakers. Who I think this honestly could be close. Um, based on, for Purdue, there's a lot riding on it, for one. And for Minnesota, I think they might be hungrier to get this win. Purdue knows they're already in the tournament. They're already going to be a strong seed. They're a three seed in the tournament. And for Purdue, I mean, you, your final two games on the road, lesser opponents, both trap games. But really, I don't think Purdue's going to lose it. I think they've been playing so well of recent, um, winning their last five, that I think they're going to win out. For me, um, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go the Golden Gophers on this one. Okay, I I like that pick. Um, they are a bubble team. Correct? They they are. Okay. Uh, Amir Coffey is averaging just over 15 points a game. Jordan Murphy with almost 15 with 14.6. Um, 
It's in the barn, so I mean that's a tough place to play. I mean, nevertheless. clearly, I mean, that, is that the toughest place? We didn't even mention that in the toughest place in the Big Ten to play. I think it might be the toughest place in the nation, honestly. It's the barn, dude. I mean, here the we go. Barn is going to be rocking. Um, Minnesota last four by, so yeah, they yep. are. They need it. They need a win. I, I like the Golden Gophers in this one. I think you know. I think Amir Coffee gets gets it done from the guard position. Um, you know. As of late, Minnesota has not that been that um, consistent. They're looking for a win. They've only got what two wins in their last eight games. I don't know. I, I like this Minnesota. I think they're hungry. Right. I'm, I'm going the Golden Gophers. So I will take the Boilermakers. You will take the Golden Gophers. We look to Thursday now where the Iowa Hawkeyes are traveling to Wisconsin. Senior night for Mr. Do-It-All Hap could prove to be really tough for an Iowa team that is trying to figure out how to win, not on a buzzer beater. And here's a place on the road that's going to be really tough to accomplish that. Do-It-All Hap Senior Night. Who are you taking? I'm taking Wisconsin. Wisconsin? Yep, I'm going to take Wisconsin because, honestly, mostly because you said that – you said even when Iowa was playing great, this was not going to be a win because just simply how hyped that arena is going to be for their leader, for their senior for several years. Um, it's his final game there. It's the last time they'll get to see him. I'm so sorry about that for Wisconsin fans. I cannot wait for Ethan Happ to be out of the Big Ten. <laughs> the things that it's he like does. those guys that are old, you feel like have been there forever. Like Perry Ellis was mine for KU. Yep. That man was played at KU for 10 years. I'll yep. never let anyone tell me. <laughs> he was there for 10 years no and one, a monster for 10 years. No one can guard the man. Literally, the free throw line can. The free throw line is his that, best defender oh, by far. Only in that. Um, it's just gosh, I want to pick the Hawks so bad. I do it, my guy. I got the Homer be- button queued up. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm a, I'm gonna have to pick the Badgers in this one. Aww. I think Ethan Happ just Luca Garza has not been playing well as of late. Ethan Happ likes to expose those type of players. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It it's it it hurts. Is it close? I think it could be close. Oh, it'll be it'll definitely be within ten points. Okay. But I don't think I, I don't think the Hawkeyes get much closer than that. Fran isn't suspended for any games, is he? Fran is suspended for this game. He's not coaching mm. at Wisconsin. He was a suspended at the Rutgers against Rutgers and uh this is the final game of suspension and Struggled without him against Rutgers. That is true, and we will struggle even harder without him against Wisconsin because Rutgers is uh, not quite on par on the level of Wisconsin basketball. Uh, yeah, is. I think that's a fair assumption. So, we're going Badgers. <laughs> <laughs> Looking to Friday night, Golden Gophers again. This time they leave the barn, sadly, and they travel to number 24, Maryland. And the Terrapins come off a tough week with a bad loss to Penn State and a tough loss to Michigan, a narrow loss to Michigan, they look to bounce back to head into the big dance with momentum. I think that's really the biggest thing for them. Um, they know they're not going to win the Big Ten. They know they're not going to be a high seed in the conference tournament. I think they're mostly just trying to, like we talked about, it's the worst time in the entire season to have a losing streak is headed into the big dance because then you just feel like, oh, man, if we're not winning now, how are we going to win 
uh, wherever we end up playing in March. So I think this is crucial for Maryland to win this game. And again, Minnesota is still going to be fighting. to. Cont- I mean, if they're able to pull off a win tonight, get that resume, pull off another, another ranked opponent against Maryland, Minnesota's in. So you win those two games for Minnesota, they're in. So you know they're going to be going all out for this game. Yeah, and that's, and that's really the thing close. is that Maryland... Um, Fernando's not a senior, is he? No, he's not. But okay, uh, I don't. I don't know. I just. I think that. Um, I think Bruno is only a sophomore. Okay, but he'll definitely be gone. I don't think he'll be there for four years. But anyway, um, yeah, both teams have a lot riding on this game. Obviously, like mm-hmm. you said, Minnesota has got to win out to be you know to extend their season, have a yeah. great chance of extending their season. Maryland's right there. They're fighting for that high seed in the Big Ten or in the um, NCAA tournament, rather. Um, I just think it comes down to where this game is played because Minnesota has not been great on the road all year long. They have not been great on the road. They have been very good. So in you think the home court advantage gives Maryland? I the win. think Maryland gets the win here. I think Bruno Fernando. Um, I I think that he gets it done down low. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with the Terrapins on this one. Okay. Ah, oh, man. I think I'm going to take Minnesota on this one. Really? Yeah, I just I feel like especially especially if they're not able to get the win um on t- or tonight, yeah, especially if they're not able to get the win tonight against against Purdue, which I, neither of us think is going to happen. Oh, no, you you pick Minnesota? I pick Minnesota over Purdue. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I think this game is going to be so crucial for Minnesota, whereas Maryland is just trying to uh, try and figure through some things out before postseason play truly begins. This could be a definition of a dependency game. If Minnesota beats Purdue, I think this game is a lot closer than rather the other way around. Because if Minnesota loses for Purdue, that's really one of their you know a twenty fourth ranked Maryland's a good resume builder, but. Putting it, so you think tonight for Minnesota is it? It's it. If they win, they'll carry this momentum over into Maryland. It'll be a very close game. They're okay. fighting for something. They've got something to play for. If they lose, it's going to be a pretty quiet night. Yeah. Out, see, I'm going to take the opposite side of it. And if Minnesota loses, then they're going to be even closer to being out of the tournament. So they're going to be. Even more amped up to need to win. Like it's a it's like must win. Purdue is like a win would get us in locked. But if we lose, then it's a you win, you're in. You lose, you're out. So that's why I think for Minnesota, they Friday night win tonight, lose Saturday. Speaking of Purdue, they travel to Northwestern. I'm taking Carson Edwards. And I the am also taking Carson Edwards. Purdue. He's been playing great, by the way. He has. I don't think there's really much argument here for Northwestern. So, uh, And then finally, rematch. Can the Spartans sweep against their arch in-state rival in Michigan Wolverines, the number seven team in the nation, comes to East Lansing? And here's the question for both teams. Can Michigan State sweep or can the Wolverines spoil senior day for Kenny Goins, for the Spartans. I picked Michigan State to beat Michigan at home this year. 
was the, not. was the only one in this room that picked Michigan State okay, to win at home. Okay. Um, Glad you got to throw that in there. <laughs> I'm going to take Michigan State again. I think. I think even as I want to see the line on this one. As hurt as uh, Michigan State has been by uh, was it Langford? Right, Langford's out mm-hmm. with injury. Um, they have still proven to be. Um, a, wow. a top team in the country, really. Michigan State is a 71% favorite. Yep. In East Lansing. Well, that's, that, that's, the, that's the big part. That is the big part. Okay. They've proven that they can win in Ann Arbor, so coming back to East Lansing, I don't see them any reason for them not to be favorites, though. So um, Cassius Winston, I think he's going to have a fantastic game. He knows what that's it means. Usual, yeah. He knows what it means. Um I'm taking the Spartans. I'm I'm really excited to hear your pick on this. One. Are you going to? Uh, I'm going to take the Spartans. Good. I I, I enjoy that. I'm going to take the Spartans as well. Looks I think, like I've rubbed a little bit of my picking. No, skills you do, you honestly, honestly though, uh, I just think for one, I, I I think losing to Indiana will refocus them. They're going to dominate tonight against Nebraska. That's going to be like, all right, try and beat us, like type of attitude, try and beat us. And plus, they're sitting in a position where if they want to win the Big Ten, they have to win. So I think on senior day, they're going to be able to do that. Um, you, want a, you want a hot take? Really not really a bit of a hot take, but I think Michigan State comes back to win this Big Ten championship. So you think Purdue Purdue will lose to Minnesota, open the door wide open with a Michigan State win over Nebraska, and then Nebraska or Michigan State takes it when they beat Michigan. It seriously it really all depends on because Purdue has definitely a favorable schedule yep. for them in their final two games. It's just closing it out. And I think, you know, I yeah. think Minnesota is going to be the spoiler here, and I think they're going to have a much bigger impact on the end. And that's that's the thing about the Big Ten is that these bottom teams have been spoilers for the top Everyone ones. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't, I, I th- I'm going to go with the – So we're both taking Sparty this time. Taking Sparty. Um, so now we move into yet another incredible week in the SEC – Tonight, Mississippi State at Tennessee. Tennessee looks to improve to 18 and 0 at home when it hosts Mississippi State on Tuesday um, or tonight, rather. And Mississippi State is in a five-way tie for fourth place, five games back. Like we talked about, five games back in the SEC, a five-way tie for fourth, and could really bolster its resume here. For the Bulldogs by ending Tennessee's 25-game home winning streak, which is pretty incredible. Um, the Bulldogs had won five straight games before they lost uh, on Saturday to Auburn, in which they lost by five. So the Bulldogs have been playing hot recently, but Tennessee doesn't lose at home, clearly. Uh, 25 games in a row kind of speaks for itself. I mean, that's kind of Fog Allen numbers, really. Uh it would be very hard for me to pick against Tennessee on this one. I'm not going to. Yep. I'm not going to. Um, Mississippi State, again, like we just said, has been playing well recently. But Tennessee has been playing amazing all season long. And that's the thing is that 
like we were discussing earlier in the show, those three top SEC programs are so much better than all the rest of the ones that you know follow. Um, so yes, yeah, it's top-heavy. I'll, I'll take Tennessee. And then we look at the team right behind them at number six, the team that uh, both of these teams, Kentucky takes on Ole Miss in Ole Miss to, uh, in the Rebel Stadium here tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, both teams trying to regroup a little bit as Kentucky really kind of got run over by Tennessee, as Kentucky did to Tennessee early on in the year. Um, so Tennessee got the revenge. Um, Kentucky has, and Ole Miss has also experienced some slippage um, as they've been struggling. Let's just put it bluntly. They, was, <laughs> they were in the top tr- 20, and then they lost to Iowa State, and now they're sitting in that five-way tie in the SEC with all those other teams that we've mentioned. Kentucky on the road. I'll take them. Yep. Yep, I, I, I'll take them. Like I said it earlier. Could, it, yeah, I think Kentucky's going to win out. I like the Wildcats yep, here. Yep. I, I don't think Ole Miss, um, like Mississippi State in the game previously talked about, I don't think that they even touch the talent that Kentucky has. Um, Kentucky's hot right now. It's just crazy that Tennessee has – or not Tennessee, the SEC has three teams in the top 10 and then have nothing else in the rest of the top 25. Literally, they are dormant in the rest. So they have five (laughs) Tennessee, six Kentucky, 10 LSU. But this might be the best three teams the SEC has ever had, like, come out. maybe true. Like, the top three are amazing. That's what's so great. Imagine this, oh, I'll just wait till the next game, but... Are we both taking Kentucky? Yes. Okay. So we move, okay. Move it to LSU move, at Florida. Yeah. To, that's tomorrow night. Yep. Just imagine if Ben Simmons would have stayed one more year, playing with these young guys, playing with these young, talented LSU guys. They might be a national championship contender. It's it's it, and, and I thought about that when we you know when that's, I saw this on yeah. the list. What if Ben Simmons would have stayed one more year and played with? these talented young LSU starters that they got right now. It's just insane to me how last year they weren't even talked about. And the only reason they were talked about is because of the talent that Ben Simmons brought to the table, but they weren't even talked about. And now they're sitting 10th, you know, ranked 10th in the country. They beat Tennessee and Kentucky early on in the season. I had no idea these young guys were going to be as good as they have been. No one did. True. That's the crazy thing. That's true. When you think of (laughs) LSU, you don't, you think them a football and a, you know, a, you know, baseball school, um, but since the Shaq days, you don't think the of them Shaq as, days as, as a basketball pistol school. Pete Maravich days. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a way throwback. But in, in this yeah. game, in this game, I, I don't think like I like most of that. I don't think the Florida Gators really touch LSU. And and honestly, if I'm looking here at the remaining games, I don't think any of these are. I'm taking Tennessee at Auburn. Yep. I'm taking Kentucky, Kentucky over Florida, Florida, and I'm taking LSU over Vanderbilt. It's just it's just how the SEC well, that is shaped up. up. The SEC. Yep, <laughs> it's, just, it's just how it's shaped up at this point. Those I three mean, teams have proven themselves pretty extensively. Yep. So now we move into let's pick um, out of the three conferences that Tuesday take or ha- 
takeover has been covering. Who is your conference player of the year in the Big 12? Wow. I know, right? Um, I can go first if you want. Yeah, I'll let, I'll let you go first go on the ahead. Big Ten. It, it better not be a K-State starter. It is Jarrett Culver for Texas Tech. Yep. That is who my pick is for the Big 12 Player of the Year. Coming into the season, I thought it was going to be, and this who who was the uh, Big 12 Preseason Player of the Year, was Dean Wade. Um, but really, with his injury, he kind of became a little hesitant um, in how aggressive he was going to be and really kind of lost some of his mojo that he gathered um, last season. So that kind of hurt him. And then no one could guard Dedrick Lawson at all. And he was a monster, putting up double-doubles every night. And I thought he was going to be the Big 12 Player of the Year. And then they started falling, losing a bunch of road games, and he wasn't playing great, and no one was playing great, and everyone had a big question mark on Kansas. And then that's when Barry Brown came into the picture for Kansas State, when they won nine straight, defeated Texas Tech, defeated Iowa State, defeated Kansas, won nine straight. But then here comes Jarrett Culver, a guy who literally does everything for Texas Tech. He gets three assists per game, six rebounds, 18 points, only a sophomore, He's 6'5", 195, a freak athlete, puts on a show every night, and has put his Texas Tech team, who was struggling in the middle part of the Big 12 conference season, has put them at top of the Big 12, and has put them in a nine-game winning streak, and has been a monster. That's my pick. I don't think my pick can be anything different. I think he has been such an asset to this Texas Tech Red Raiders team. And Only a sophomore. Fill, <laughs> and has filled the shoes well. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, and without him, I don't know if we'd be having the same conversation about the Texas Tech Raiders at the top of the Big 12. Yeah. So, he's he's the man he honestly is. this this he year is. he's the man it'll be he's only going to get better from here you know if we if we don't talk, bring in injuries into the consideration yeah. which i hope the best for him but i think i, I don't know he's very talented and and, you and his numbers don't lie either so we both take Jarrett Culver from the big 12 and you don't have to do this but I, i'll let you do this for the big 10 okay uh first team all big 12 i would go uh Dedrick Lawson, Jarek Culver, Barry Brown, Dean Wade, and for number five, ooh, that's tough, honestly. Um, number five for first team all Big 12, I might honestly go Makai Mason. Even though he's been hurt of recent, he's helped Baylor kind of come out of nowhere, and they're sitting right there at fourth, and he's really been – a monster offensively for them until he got hurt. So that's kind of what's questionable for that. But that would be my first team uh, all-conference for the Big 12. Now we move to the Big 10 player of the year. I'll let you start. I'll let you start because this is Gosh, a, this is tough. so hard. Very tough. Very tough. 
Very Are we, tough. Okay, we're going to split this into two players. Okay. We're going to split this into guards, and we're going to split this into big men or forwards. Because okay. I, don't, I, can, I don't think you can literally – there are so many – Okay. I would go, if you're doing it that way – I would either I would, I would either take for guards I would either take Carson Edwards or I'd take Cassius Winston. Yep. Because you can, Carson then, Edwards is leading the Big 10 in in points per game with 23 and a half. Cassius Winston is sitting third right there at almost 20. Yeah. Cassius Winston leads assists in the Big 10 at 7.6. I don't know if and you then can for forwards is it happen Brasdikas? Ah, I don't or is know. Or it just Brasdikas? I don't I I don't know if it could be. It could be. You know, I I put up Matt Harms late in the season. I put up yeah. Bruno Fernando up there. It's the thing that I really consider is what these players have done for their teams. Pick one. <laughs> I'm making you do it. Pick one. I have to go. Ethan Happ. Out of everyone. Out of the, oh, pick one out of everybody. Every I pick one Big Ten Player of the Year. You're picking Ethan Abbott as your forward. As my forward. Player of the year, Big Ten. <laughs> I, uh, gosh. Oh, man, it's tough. It's very tough. I, if the Big 12 is kind of narrowed down if to we're three, going points, If we're going points, you have to go Carson Edwards and what he's done for the Purdue Boilermakers. If we're doing all-around player and the biggest player Player piece player for one's team, my big Big Ten Player of the Year has to be Ethan Happ. That's your Big Ten Player of the Year. It has to be okay. because the things that he does for this, he scores, he creates separation, do it all. He, I mean, literally, do it all. Happ. Yeah, Carson Edwards can score, but he's not defending in the paint. Well, I mean, Ethan Happ will bring the ball down. Ethan Happ will. Yeah, he doesn't have a great perimeter shot, but he can shoot outside ten feet. His his precision around the bucket is like nobody else's. I don't. I I don't. And he plays great defense. I mean, literally, he gets ten rebounds a game. Yeah, almost averages a double double. I mean, okay. I I don't know what to, I don't. I. Who do you got? I have Carson Edwards, so I'm going to take the other. <laughs> You have Ethan Happ. I can't argue it because he does it all. But I think just from a who means the most to their team, I think Carson Edwards with Purdue without Carson Edwards, I, I don't think they're in this position at all to win the Big Ten for one. Uh, two, I don't know how well they would do in the NCAA tournament. And he's been a guy for them when they started out kind of slow, has just been – a machine. They lost to Michigan State uh, in early January, and they've only lost once since. I, I just think with how effective he is, he averages 23 and a half a game. I know you said he, he doesn't play defense, or, but the way that he can score on anyone, and you always, always have to know where he's at on the floor to be able to beat Purdue. You have to. You have I think to know he's where the anybody's fact. at on the floor for Wisconsin too. If you don't know where Ethan Happ is, he's scoring on. You know he's at the bucket already. That's true. So I I don't. <laughs> it, the Big Ten is so tough. That's a tough player of the year race. Happ Edwards. Yep. Moving on to the SEC, okay. which is 
For me, it, it, there, where do you there, want to start? There's nobody else, but there's only one in the SEC. Who? Who's there? Who? Is only wait one, on the wait on the people. Only one in the SEC, and that has to be. Has to, has to, has to be Grant Williams. Will it be Grant Williams? It should be Grant it Williams. It should be Grant Williams. 100%. It should be Grant Williams. Uh, he leads his team in points, rebounds, steals. I mean, this man does it all, and he does it all efficiently, too. And the thing is, he doesn't even look like that much of an like beast. Like Just looking at him on the floor, you're like, oh, okay. His motivation He's and grid is, is absolutely ridiculous. He's only a junior, 6'7". Mm-hmm. 236, 19 points a game, seven rebounds, three assists, tremendous on defense. He's, he, to me, is the clear SEC player of the year. I mean, yeah, you have a bunch of young guys in Kentucky and LSU, of course, but this guy has just been a monster and a guy we've talked about really since last year even. We've talked about him. So that's a that was definitely the most clear cut out of the three It has cuts. to be. It has to be, honestly. All right, so now we'll talk about, here in the final minute of the show, who makes it the furthest in the Big 12? In, in the Big Dance. Who makes it the furthest in the Big 12? Texas Tech. Texas Tech, I would agree with. That, it's, it's very hard to go against the Red Raiders. It's very hard. On the floor right now. I honestly, I honestly, the way they're playing right now, I don't know how you beat them unless somehow you can score against them, which no one's been able to do all season long. Yep. For the Big Ten, uh, again, I think this is the closest out of the three. Who makes it the furthest? Michigan State. Michigan State? Okay. Ah, oh, I really want to say Purdue. I'm going to – where – what's – Purdue is a three seed right now. Um, The way the bracketology is set right now, ooh, they got Nevada as that six seed right there with Purdue. That's tough. Where's Sparty at? Here down, on – Down in – up in the east. They got, the Loy- east. They got Loyola. Loyola Chicago. And then That's they got tough. and then they got the winner of Louisville, Oklahoma, which is not tough. crazy. It's not crazy though. Not crazy. And then they got and then they, to make it to the Elite Eight, you got the winner of the Houston, bu- most likely. Houston. It'll most which, likely be Houston. Which they aren't they're not anything Where's you know, crazy. Michigan. Ooh, Michigan could Michigan could potentially play Kansas yep. in the Sweet Sixteen. Yep. So yeah, based on bracketology right now. I would say Michigan State simply because Nevada being a six seed is terrifying for Purdue. Yep. Like that is the worst six seed anyone would ever ever want to play ever. I agree. <laughs> and then the SEC, who you got? I'm still going with my LSU Tigers. Going with LSU? Where where's their seeding here? They in? are the four oh, seed. They're the four seed. They're a four in seed. the East as well. And they got that Maryland. I think LSU can take care of Maryland. And then, then, they, and then Virginia. they got Virginia probably. Barring another 16-1 upset, yes, Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even if it was a 16-1 upset, I would take LSU over Baylor or VCU. Yep, I'm going LSU. Where is, uh, where is Tennessee at on here? Are they, are they a two-seed? They, they are a two-seed in the south. Ooh, they would potentially have to face Wofford as a seven seed. That's not ideal. It's not um, crazy. And then either Purdue. Purdue. 
Yep. Or or Nevada, Nevada. you know. Yeah. Probably And Purdue. Duke's in that region. Where's, like, K- where's K- Kentucky's a one seed? Yep. If, okay, okay. I love, I love that Texas Kentucky matchup right out the gate in the round of thirty. What about UCF though? There, it could be, could be. Have you seen that Taco Fall kid? Oh, play? I know. <laughs> he looks like Wilt Chamberlain back in the sixties. You haven't seen Taco <laughs> Fall? <He's>... <laughs> <laughs> That's the greatest scene I've ever heard. He's Wilt Chamberlain in the sixties. Is Taco Fall? <laughs> Taco Fall or Manute Bowl when Manute Bowl played in the NBA? That's yep. that's Taco Fall. Um. Ooh, in the SEC. Okay, based on the SEC right now, I would take Kentucky to go the farthest. Really? Yep, I would take them to go to the farthest. I like them over almost every – I would like them to make it to the Elite Eight in that region, in the Midwest region, losing to North Carolina as the two seed. I respect that. Yep. That's, I respect that's, that. That's what I'm going to go with. That's what I'm going to go with. Man, real? Uh, oh, you don't think Texas Tech could take care of North Carolina as it stands right now in the Sweet 16? That would be a that matchup. Would be that the would be the best matchup of the year. Texas Tech, North wow. Carolina, 3-2 Sweet 16. That would be an amazing matchup. And that would be... That would be in Kansas City. Yep. We might have to go to that game. <laughs> if that's a matchup, we might be in attendance in the Sprint Center. Tuesday takeover live from the Sweet 16. Oh, my Lord. Can you imagine? Can you imagine how amazing that would be? Um, well, that's – it's crazy. College basketball is crazy. Next week, conference tournaments are going to be getting ready to get started. I will not be here. I will be on the beach in Padre, enjoying the sun, out of the snow, out of the negative, wow, whatever it is up here in Maryville. So enjoy <laughs> that. I'll be sitting up in 75 degrees on the beach, toes in the water. Oh, man. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to be so great. Can't, cannot wait. So I will not be here for that. Um Logan Weber, Tucker Quinn will be. I mean, unless the moped doesn't start for Logan. Who knows? You'll never know. It's a coin flip. It's a coin flip. I might go on Tuesday Takeover solo style next week. Tucker Quinn might be taking Tuesday Takeover on his own with that. Uh, Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next. Well, they'll see you. I won't see you next week. They'll see you next week. Previewing the conference tournament. College basketball is amazing. Thanks for staying with us on Tuesday Takeover 106.7 The X.